Hey, I'm Kevin Alleman, and you're on State of Republic podcast. What's going on, everybody? It's Jeremy Hall, and you are listening to State of Republic podcast. Hello, soccer fans, and welcome to the State of the Republic. My name is Luis, and today I am joined by my two co-hosts, Sharon and Crash. How are you doing, Sharon? Oh, gosh, thanks for asking. Well, Happy New Year. It's uh, I'm doing really good, and I'm looking forward to today's dual interview. Give it a little, give a little away there. Yeah, should be really interesting, and, you know, we're starting the year off... Uh, with the interesting uh, duo interview. It's our first time uh, interviewing two players. So we're in for, for a treat in this episode, right? A lot of good anecdotes. So really looking forward to that. How are you doing, Crash? How are you doing here at the beginning of a uh, new year? I'm doing pretty good, thank you. It's nice to be with you guys. Uh, and uh, looking forward to an excellent year. Looking forward to this interview today. And um, we'll, we'll see what's next. Awesome. Glad, glad to hear that. Well, my usual reminder, if you're on social media and you're not following us yet, then hey, please give us a follow. You can find us at State Republic 12 on Instagram, Twitter, and also Facebook if you search for that. Uh, please check it out. Please give us a follow and find out when we post new episodes. Also, please, if you are on Facebook, check out our group, Sacramento Soccer Fans. I see a lot of new people requesting to join that group. So welcome to everyone who has joined. And if you haven't joined yet, then come on, come on down, like they say, in your favorite game show and make sure that you join and you actually join in on the conversations, share whatever soccer related thing that you want on there. And please, you know, you're also welcome to also comment on anything regarding our podcast on there as, as I also share our episode. So please feel free to join in on the conversation on that group. Also, if you're not subscribed to us yet on your favorite podcast platform, please do so. It's really easy and you're going to be able to find out when we post a new episode. So if your platform has that option, highly recommend that you actually subscribe because it does let you know right when we post it and you're able to actually hear the episode as it's posted. So again, no one tells you what was said on there. So please uh, check out that option. And also please leave us a review wherever you're able to leave reviews. Those really help us out a lot as we continue to grow our podcast in the Central Valley as well. So as was the case in the last episode, uh, Sharon, would you like to introduce our two guests tonight? Absolutely. You know, thank you. Um and what a happy new year this is. Our two guests tonight are Jeremy Hall and gosh, you know, one of our favorite players, as well as Kevin Aleman, also one of our favorite players, both of them big in personality. And they're going to probably bring us some nice chuckles tonight, as well as some good insight into their lives and their soccer history. Um, they do know each other and they were mates off the pitch, as people would like to say. Um, so we'll get to hear some of their favorite stories and looking forward to interviewing both Jeremy and Kevin Aleman. Welcome everybody to State of the Republic podcast. I also want to welcome our esteemed guests, Jeremy Hall and Kevin Aleman from Days Gone Past, Sacramento Republic favorites. Guys, what's going on? Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us. 
you know, we haven't seen you two in a while. Want to know how you're doing and what's mm. the weather like where you live? What's going on? Tell us, Kev. <clears throat> <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, Happy New Year to all you guys, too. And uh, it's been beautiful down here, actually. It's December, but uh, well, January now. But, um, you know, uh, it's always uh, we always have a nice weather here in Costa Rica. So I uh, just came back from the beach, enjoyed uh, some time with my girlfriend over there. And it's it's been nice. It's been, it's been peaceful now, uh, you know, having some vacation. And, uh, you know, I started working out again today. So uh, getting ready for this new season coming up. <laughs> I was going to say, you look fit, man. You look good. <laughs> I haven't worked out in like two years. I'm like looking in the mirror like, God, man. looking nasty. You don't, you, don't, you don't look different, man. You still I look- don't? Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> still looking good, man. That's good, man. <laughs> Um, I tried to run the other day, actually, and I, it felt so weird. <laughs> I was like, how did I do this for so long? Oh, um, but yeah, so I'm up in Toronto, Canada right now. It's freezing cold. I feel like I've shoveled uh, every morning the past week. Um, and with COVID going on, everything's been in lockdown. So I haven't left my house in like the last few months. So I've just been enjoying the holidays with the family and just hanging out. So, But yeah, everything's going well. Yeah, glad to hear that too. Um, you know, sorry for the the snow thing. I guess you know, I, I I always say this, but you know, always as Californians, we complain about how cold it gets here, which it's not even that cold, and we get a little bit of ice on our cars outside, and we're already like, man, it's it's crazy out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you know, it just helps us appreciate better the weather that we have down here. So I got a question for both of you because. Both of you have really interesting soccer backgrounds, right? Playing for other national teams. Uh, but first, I want to start with you, Jeremy. Uh, you know, you were born in Florida, but you played for Puerto Rico. Can you tell us more about how you got started in soccer and then uh, how you were discovered by Puerto Rico? Yeah, so um, I started playing soccer when I was eight years old. And I, I, me and my younger brother, we were just doing well in school. My mom wanted to keep us active um, in a sport. And so I was a big baseball fan growing up. I wanted to play baseball. And we went to go sign up, and it was actually all full. And so I was basically crying. And my brother was like, well, let's just play soccer. And, and I was like, I don't, I don't want to play soccer, you know? And, um, yeah, I ended up playing it, and then I just loved it. I, I just loved running around, and I wasn't good. I was playing, like, U8 rec and – um, yeah, the, the coach that was there was like, Hey, you should try Jeremy on a competitive team. He's, I don't know. I don't know if he said I was good or whatever, but I ended up playing competitively and then just played with the same team, um, from like you nine or 10 up until now, they're still like my, my best friends from back home. So, um, that was my pathway. And then my mom's side of the family's Puerto Rican. So for the longest time they were trying to get me to go play and, I just wasn't ready. And then I think it was in 2016, I was playing with the Rowdies before I got to SAC. I came to SAC on loan and I was just in like a, a tough place in Tampa. Like I wasn't really playing. I wasn't really happy. And I ended up going to play with the, the Puerto Rico national team and just fell back in love. And it was amazing. So yeah, that's, that's how it happened for me. That's awesome. And you know, I, I've heard other players with uh, similar stories and that soccer wasn't like their main thing and then ended up being that they had a talent in soccer too. And, you know, it's, it's pretty inspirational, I think, to anyone out there who might not like the sport, but might actually have the talent for it and they just don't realize it. So really interesting how 
how the world works, right? And you end up in a sport you never imagined you would be in. So that's exactly. uh, really cool. And you know what's interesting, Luis? We just interviewed Jordan McCrary, and he said he just did because his middle brother above him was playing soccer and he was dragging or being dragged around to all of his brother's stuff. And then he picked it up and look at what Jordan's doing, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Re- really, really cool to, to see that. So uh, now let's go with you, Kevin. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about how you got started in soccer? And we also know that, you know, you were born in Costa Rica, you, but you play for the Canada national teams. Can you tell us more about how that call came about and, you know, how, you got into the sport? Yeah, so, uh, you know, growing up, uh, um, I used to just play it for fun. You know, I never actually thought about, uh, you know, going pro. I, at the time when I was nine, ten years old, it, you know, I used to look at the first division players here and, you know, thought it was very far away for, you know, for someone from where I'm from to, to, to get. And uh, so never really thought about it. And when I moved to Canada with my parents, um uh you know i started playing in you know school and then uh one of the guys from school uh he's like hey why don't you come and play with me at you know at a club here where i play it was indoor soccer so and then that's how i started and i kept growing moving from team to team and uh when i got to the age of 17 six no 15 actually when i got to 15 um uh, i was playing for the province so say ontario at the time and uh we had a game and the U17 national team coach came and, you know, he saw me and uh, he came and talked to me and said, uh, uh, hey, do you have your Canadian passport? We'd like to, you know, see you on a, on, on the national team and uh, maybe try you out with, with the team. And, I, you know, at the time I didn't have the national, I didn't have a Canadian passport. So, uh, you know, they still called me in and I did really well. And then after that, they uh, – they uh, moved mountains and everything to, you know, get me my citizenship. So, uh, you know, I think that's why I stayed with the Canadian uh, national team instead of going back with Costa Rica. Because I, I had the chance, the opportunity to, you know, uh, come and play for Costa Rica. They called me a couple of times, but I just, you know, as a, as a, how do you say it, as, as, as a pre- appreciation from me to, you know, to, to the nation to, of what, uh, they've done for me and my whole family because they didn't only give me the Canadian nationalship. They only, they did it to, for my family. So, uh, you know, as appreciation for, uh, for that, I stayed with the Canadian nationalship, the Canadian national team. Oh, wow. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. And then after that, you know, I just kept moving from team to team. I went to, you know, the U17, uh, world cup. And after that, that's when I made my move to, to, to Spain. So after that, it was just, you know, team to team. <laughs> yeah. So I was wondering, how was it when you guys had to play up, both of you play against the USA? Because I'm certain you guys had matches against the USA. How was that? Well, at the time when I played against the USA, I really had, you know, no connection with, you know, USA, right? I've never lived in the USA or anything. So it was just a really competitive match for me you know when I played I think I was 17 when I played my first match against USA we lost uh three nothing I think it was in in the in the final CONCACAF final so uh um at the time for me I I didn't really have connection with you know the states so uh, it was just a really competitive match we you know as Canada we always want to be USA so it was just that 
And you never did. You always got that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We beat them under 20, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was really special for me because growing up, I played with the with the U.S., like U17, uh, 18s, and 20s. And so, um, you know, I think that's part of the reason why it took, for, took me so long to play for Puerto Rico because I was still holding out, hopefully getting a call up to the full team when I was younger. And my first game with Puerto Rico was actually against the U.S. So it was, it was really special. Um, they came down and, to Puerto Rico and played them and we lost and I ran, never ran so much in my life, but it was such a cool experience and it was fun. And um, yeah, like all, all those types of games are always like really special. Wow. How, how long ago was that? That was in 2016. Okay. Yeah, 2016. They came down. Jurgen Klinsmann was still the coach. I think they came down for a little camp, and it was like a bunch of. I think the majority of it was all MLS guys based um, Americans, but um, yeah, it was good. It was good for the island. Uh, Puerto Rico is not really a soccer um, island. It's more baseball, basketball, boxing kind of thing. So the soccer is still getting better. Um, there's not a lot of money in the federation, but such a great group of guys and, and good people down there. So you had a lot of fun then. A lot of fun. So, so much fun. So looking back uh, to 2018, I understand it's quite a year with a new coach. Um, and Jeremy, you were part of the Buckles leadership. And then later, you know, with uh, Simon Elliott. So how was that transition between coaches like for you? Yeah, it was, it was, um, it wasn't different in the sense of, um, like I hadn't played for like different coaches because everywhere I've been coaches get fired and that's just part of the business. Um, it was, it was kind of like a weird time when it happened because I think they, it was a couple, a week or maybe two weeks before we started preseason. I feel like it was like a week. Um, but yeah, totally different styles between the two coaches. Um, Simon being like more strict and more, serious all the time where Paul was a little bit more laid back and relaxed a bit, but um, yeah, it, it wasn't really any different. I think it's, you know, you, especially me being at that stage in my career towards the end, I was one of the older guys in the team. So it was kind of like just going about the business and, and trying to get wins. Nice. So um, Kevin, you were, uh, you know, you were, you came in during Simon Elliott's uh, time of leadership um, how was that second season differ from your first first season with Simon, Kevin? Um, I think uh, as as a, as you know as a team, I think uh, we had a better team the second year, and I think I just think uh, you know we um, we got along better as a team too. I think um, uh, Simon didn't really change a lot of things. He still wanted to do things uh, the way he did the first year. So it wasn't really much different from, uh, you know, uh, his leadership from the first year than to the second year. It was, it was really mostly all the same. And, um, you know, I had really a lot of ups and downs with him. And, you know, but I really got along with him, uh, you know, until this day. Uh, sometimes he sent me messages and stuff. But um, I don't think uh, there was much different in, in the sense of, you know, football-wise or playing or, you know, I think more as the last six months of uh, – of, of, uh, of the second year, that's when, you know, a lot of things changed when he wanted to play a little different, uh, you know, with keeping the ball more instead of, you know, uh, uh, more individual 1v1 on the on the wings and, you know, crossing all the time. I think uh, 
he understood that the team that we had at the time was better as, uh, you know, keeping the ball and moving it around. And and I think that's when we started doing better because uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but during the first six months, we didn't really, you know, we were struggling with getting points and stuff until, you know, the second uh, part of uh, the second the second half of the season. Then that's when we started keeping it and, you know, getting uh, more points and doing better as, as a team. Yeah, you said something that um, made me think of another question. Um, so kind of what's more important, like the coaching staff, the leadership there, or the dynamics with your the other players? Like what matters more? What's going to have more value to, you know, win those win those games and move forward and, and whatnot? Um, you know, and this is a question for both of you guys, if you have anything to add to that. What, what brings more value? Is it the the relationships that you have with the players on the team or the leadership, the coaching? I think, I think both, I think, um, you know, when you have a good team and you have uh, players that what I'm about to say is I'm not, you know, saying uh, Simon was a bad coach or anything like that. Right. But when you have a group of players that are mature and because I've been on a team like that, that are mature and uh, you know, they don't like the way uh, the coach wants to play, then they say, you know, sorry, (laughs) we're on the, we're the one. (laughs) We're, we're the ones on the field, right? That's, you know, that's basically what we say. You know, we're the ones on the field. We're the ones playing. We're going to play our way and, you know, we're going to get points the way we want to get them, not the way the coach is uh, telling us to play because um, we're not doing well. So I think uh, both of them, you know, when you have a really good coach and you have a good relationship on the field and, uh, you know, you still work together to get the points and you all work together because, you know, you know, what you have to do, what your positions are, what your tasks are on the field and, you know, uh, what is expected of you on the field. So mm-hmm. I think they're both uh, equally, you know, um, uh, important on, on, on the team. I think, you know, when you have both of them, that's when you have a really successful team, right? Yeah, and I, I guess it's a different perspective. I mean, you're, the coach is standing off to the side. Um, you guys are, you know, on the pitch doing the job. Um, so everyone's going to have a different perspective on what should be going on. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Me. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a tough question. I mean, I was thinking about it because like now that I'm on the coaching side of it and looking back on that, um, obviously I think staff and, and GMs and coaches try and bring in guys that fit in gel and, I could honestly say that all the teams that I've played on, like usually all the guys are cool and um, there's always, you know, one guy that's annoying or one guy, I wouldn't say you don't like, but you don't really hang out with off the field. Like there's always that one guy. Um, and it was Kevin for a lot of the teams. Yeah, it was Kevin for sure. <laughs> no, I was with Kevin. I hung out with Kevin all the time, but there's always that one guy that's just like, damn, he's so annoying. Um, but then like, I think um, a good coaching staff really brings the team together, right? I think um, good coaches can get the best out of their players, whether it's you're putting them in the right spot, um, you know, you're making the right selections. Um, you know, I think every coach has their favorites and and that could be good or bad. Um, I've been on teams where it's really bad because there's guys that should not be playing and they're playing, but I think a good, good coaching staff really brings cohesion and, and confidence to the players. So, yeah. I think Kevin Kevin answered that really well. Yeah. Well, yeah I like that perspective. Yeah. And that's funny that you called out Kevin as being the annoying one. Because that would be <laughs> <laughs> that would be the last person on my list as being annoying. I would I had other people on the list, but anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you guys both had 
very different. <laughs> you, and we know who we're talking about. Anyhow, you both had very different roles with the team. I mean, like Jeremy is a D mid hard, hard man, you know, and Kevin is a playmaker kind of up top off to the wing and attacking mid and all that other stuff. Are there, are those positions typical for you? I mean, is that where you grew up or what other positions have you played and what system suits you best? I mean, cause that team fluctuated between a four, four, two and a four, three, two, one, and you know, all the other weird things that go on, but tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think that's one of the things that um, I mentioned with the coaching staff because, yeah, I played at the six and I loved it just being able to, you know, kind of break things up and kind of set up attacks. But, you know, I would have loved to play with Kevin at the 10. You know, I think if I was a coach, I would have put ten- Kevin at the 10. I don't I don't think he was as effective as he could have been out wide because, you know, I mean, I think just a lot of the frustration is you have guys and they're kind of, you, you want to play a certain way, keeping the ball and stuff. And you have guys where um, they just can't handle that, whether it's the pressure, whether it's technique, all those other factors. But I think if Kevin was in the middle, it would have been a lot more dynamic and you would have saw even more of this guy. And I know we talked about it all the time. Like that's one of, that was one of my frustrations, you know, it's like you want to play with guys in certain spots and, and you're not the one picking the team, you know, but as far as me and my position, um, yeah, I love being in the middle. I love being in the thick of things. I love kicking people, yelling at the raft and all that stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, for me, um, yeah, I think it's that position I, uh, as an attacking mid. I think it's a, it's a position I've always played as. I think I, I, I played more as a 10 than, you know, on the wing. And that's why I think Jeremy's saying that, too, because, uh, you know, I think a lot of the players on the team, you know, kind of question that, like, why are you playing on the wing instead of, you know, as a number 10, where uh, that is your natural role, right? But um, I now that I've played, you know, two years as a wing, you know, I go to a team and, uh, you know, when they ask me, you know, what position are you more comfortable with? It's it's really just, you know, I, I answer as I can play on the wing or as a 10 because I think I got, you know, used to playing on the wing. I still think, you know, I'm more effective as a 10 just because of the type of player I am. But, um I like either one. I really do. Uh, I got. I just got used. I think I just got used to, uh, you know, doing that role as uh, on the wing, right? But I think I'm just more effective as a ten. Yeah. I was pissed, man. It, like when you when you <laughs> talk about when you talk about um, like when you watch this play, like everybody wants to play out of the back. Everybody's this and that. But like it's it's you can say it, but then it's another thing to actually do it. You know and. Um, you need guys who want the ball. You need guys who are comfortable under pressure, guys who can deal with, you know, other guys running at them and be able to control the ball and make these killer passes and keep possession. And um, yeah, Kevin has all those abilities and it was just, I don't know, for me, it didn't make any sense why he wasn't in the middle. And I think a lot of uh, coaches are so focused on like the defensive side of the things and guys who run all over the place where some, I mean, this is me personally, right? Some I feel like sometimes you got to give a little bit of that up to score goals and, and create chances. So that's funny you should say that because the best times of Kevin's play was when he had drifted into the middle. And when he, you know, you remember doing that, Kevin, where you would drift into the middle when it wasn't like on for the original 10 to do their job. All of a sudden you'd see you in there drifting in and setting up the plays from there. And so it's like, you've got to communicate, you know, to have somebody else come up on the right-hand side to take your spot, unless you're playing, you know, 
But I remember your best play was when you drifted towards the center. I, I remember yeah. that clearly. There was a time, uh, you know, during the season, the second time <clears> of the season where, uh, you know, I remember I wasn't playing a lot. And, uh, um, you know, uh, Todd came and he had me and Simon in a meeting, you know, and, you know, we talked about our differences and, you know, and, you know, uh, Todd just really said, you know, we need Kevin on the field and uh, we need to do whatever it takes to, you know, try and get him on the field, you know, putting aside whatever differences I had with Simon at the time. And I think, uh, you know, once that happened, I think Simon understood a little more of my game and, you know, every time he would put me on the wing, he would say, okay, you can drift in a little more and, you know, maybe, but just try and get him back into, into your, into your spot to defend. And I think that's, you know, what happened during, uh, you know, the last five months of the season. And, uh, you know, that's when, uh, I started playing better, I think too, right. Cause that's, that was my actual position, even though, you know, uh, I think if even without drifting into the middle, if I would have been in the middle from the start, you know, I think I, I would have done a lot better, but it's part of the game, right? I mean, you got to deal uh, with things like this that are out of your hand. And, you know, uh, as a soccer player, it it bothers you a lot because, you know, it's a whole year or six months wasted where, you know, you could have been doing a lot better on a team that, you know, you can be playing and, you know, a lot of things. So it's just things that you got to deal with and, you know, make you more mature as a player as time goes by and things that you understand now that, you know, as you get older. So it's all learning. <laughs> it's all learning experiences. Yeah. And you were, you know, as, as you mentioned all that too, I'm like, you were literally our number 10 as well. Right. Like, it's yeah. like that, that was literally your number. So it's like, come on, you gotta, you gotta let, let him play as a number 10. That's, that's yeah. the number he has. So um, yeah. you know, it makes sense. But, uh, you know, just unfortunately that, that wasn't the case there. So, you know, let's find out a little bit more about uh, both of you's uh, moments with uh, the different teams throughout your career. Can you uh, tell us more about, you know, all those memories that, that you had with teams, uh, uh, different stories maybe amongst you or even just uh, with other clubs? Like, tell us some of the favorite moments in your career. And either you could go first. For me, uh, to be honest, my favorite time uh, in my career, I think it was with Sack. I was speaking with Jeremy the other the other day, <laughs> the other day with Jeremy and uh, Shaz because we got a group chat. So uh, I was telling them, you know, my my favorite year as a soccer player was, uh, you know, in Sacramento with, you know, just living life with them, you know, because you know they're your family away from your family. So, you know, my favorite time and my favorite, uh, you know, my favorite moment as a soccer player was in Sacramento. So I'm really grateful for Sacramento for that. And uh, other than that, you know, I've had, you know, a lot of uh, good moments in my career, like signing with Saprisa, which is the biggest club here. And, uh, you know, uh, when I went to the World Cup and uh, signing in Spain, you know, I've, I've had really a lot of memorable moments. So I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, I would say for me, it's I feel really blessed with how my uh, career went as far as, playing for good organizations, playing for um, these organizations in really cool cities. So like I went from New York to Portland, to Dallas, to Toronto, um, New England, Tampa, SAC, I've been all over, right? And so every city um, is great. There's always so much to do. Um, I think within the locker room, I've been on really good teams, cool people. 
Um, and I think that year that Kevin's talking about it in, in SAC, I think me being there for three years, you, I really got to see it grow. And there's so many cool restaurants and bars and, and good nightlife, right? And then when you, when you talk about that stuff and then you talk about um, the organization from the footballing side of, of, you know, the USL, it's one of the best with how, um, you know, the front office has that relationship with the, with the players, um, how the fans have the relationship with the players um, from just how we were treated, you know, it was really ran like a MLS club. And that's why everybody that I talk to now, I, I, I say that SAC is going to be one of the best places to play um, when they go MLS, because the stadium is going to be there. The fans are going to be there. And I felt like everybody knew who you were, like, not like necessarily like, Oh, that's Jeremy or that's Kevin, but like, Oh, you play for sack. Like that's sick. Like we're going to the games or it was such a big uh, fan base down there. And I remember Kev, when we went to the, the Kings game and it was, I think it was in the beginning of the season. I don't know if we know if our season started. I think we were playing maybe like the next week or something. We had a home game. And like, as soon as we stepped on the court, like the place just got so loud and, and um, yeah. So uh that that was such a good year but like such good memories of of my time in sac that that's awesome yeah i mean being able to play for teams all around the country getting to know all these cities right different weather and that that must be something else to to get to experience that uh wait a minute but i i think luis you keep hold your thought but it's like when you play for sacramento it's like going to cheers the bar where everybody knows your name (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say like everybody knew our names, but um, it was cool seeing people rocking the gear down the street. Or if they did know you, it's like, oh, we can't wait for the game or good job on the game or um, going into different places. And and they they knew that you played for the team was was really cool. I, I got to say, since you were with the Timbers at one point, do you think uh, the level of, uh, of enthusiasm is going to be bigger in Sacramento than Portland? Because that might be a new rivalry, right? It seems like yeah. it's going to be natural. That's a tough one. I don't know about bigger, but it, it could be as big. Um, my time in Portland was crazy because that one story I remember is we were there. Um, this is 2011, first year. We went to preseason camp in, I think, in California. We came back and it was a Sunday night and we went to some restaurant. There was like six of us. We went to a restaurant and then we're asking the server, like, where could we go after this to get, to get a, a drink? And he told us to go to this one spot. And it was like some weird random spot. And I'm in there. He's And they're like, at 1130, this place kicks off. So we walk in there at like, I don't know, 11. And I was just like, what is this place? Like this, I was literally about to leave, but I was like, all right, I'm going to wait till 1130, 1130. This place got crazy. And I was, I had such a good time. And, but like, I'm in this place, season hasn't even started. We were there for, for a little bit. And this guy came up to me. He's like, Oh, you're Jeremy Hall. Like you're going to like, we're so excited. Like tattoos of like the emblem all over their bodies. And I'm like, you guys are super fans. Like I don't know if I could ever be a super fan because that's crazy, but like you got tattoos, like you're wild. <laughs> but um, I think, I think SAC has that potential for sure. Like with, with a market like that and you only have the Kings there. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to be special there for sure. Yeah. No, those games are going to be good, especially uh, away games. And even with us right at home, uh, getting, getting to have Timbers army down is, is going to be pretty cool. Amazing. Uh, 
I also got a question for you, Kevin. Uh, I know you mentioned you were with uh, Saprisa, and yeah, definitely, you know, one of the top clubs in, in Costa Rica. I think uh, one of, I think, the, the top also Central American clubs that have really competed against the teams in Mexico and the U.S. And it's really cool when I see that because they, you know, U.S. and Mexico tend to think they have the best. And it's always cool to have those uh, moments, right, when, when they beat them. Uh, but what was it like to get to that club? And how was it like to, I guess, you know, maybe deal with the press that I'm sure, you know, has a lot of pressure that they put on the team, just like I know they do with the top Mexican clubs? And I think that was, uh, as a soccer player, one of my favorite uh, parts, you know, as a, as, a, as a soccer player, just because, you know, when I signed here uh, in Tabrisa, Costa Rica is really a, a, a soccer country, right? So everybody watches soccer here. There's no other sport. It's not like, uh, you know, the U.S. that got this sport. This No, Costa Rica is just really a soccer sport. And there's really three or four big teams that, you know, there's a, a fan base out of the teams, right? And I think Saprisa has uh, more than 54% of the fan base in Costa Rica. So it's, it's, it's crazy. When I signed there, you know, uh, you know, like Jeremy said, it's, it's, you actually feel famous, right? Here, it's, everybody knows who you are. It's like you walk around and everyone knows who you are. And, you know, you go somewhere and, you know, they even pay for you or things are free or, you know, just things like that. So um, I think as a soccer player, that was probably one of my favorite parts. And, um, but it was crazy. Yeah, it was, it, I mean, there's a lot of pressure, you know, to, to play for a team like that. Because, uh, you know, I remember one game, uh, I did really bad. And, you know, I, I started to get booed from my own fans, right? So it's, it's, really, <laughs> it's really a lot of pressure to play on a team like that when, you know, you can't have any, uh, you know, a bad game. It has to be all the time. You got to be on your A game, A game, A game. And, uh, you know, if, if you don't work, it's, it's, you're, you're getting cut. It's just that easy, right? So, um it shows you a lot. So it was really, it was, it was, it, for me, it was at the time when I signed, you know, a, a dream come true just because, not because of, you know, being, because it's not, uh, football wise, it's not the biggest club ever, right? But uh, for me growing up, that was my favorite team to watch, right? It was, you know, like a dream come true for me and for my family to watch me play for that club, you know, knowing what it meant for us, you know, as, or me as as a kid so it was really it was really a, a blessing when i signed there oh yeah i, I mean they, they they are one of the few you know uh, central american teams to make it to the club world cup right and yeah, to play against are. liverpool and all that it's like yeah, yeah. that was a, a big thing <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they they the fans don't they don't let it they don't let that die right it's all the time you know when another team when another team from here <laughs> trying to go to you know, well, you know how it is, right? When they try and make it to the to the World Cup, it's like, oh no, we made it. You can't make it, and things like that. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Something that the club holds high, yeah. The, the club <laughs> holds really high. Definitely. I mean, it's it's not easy to. And I remember that that uh, Concacaf. Well, I think it was called Concacaf uh, Cup before, but you know, I, I remember they them beating uh, Pumas, I believe, in the final and. I think they beat Chivas too. I'm not. I'm not too sure. I don't remember that part, but I know they had to beat a Mexican club, of course, right in the final, uh, as you yeah. got to do. And and that that is no easy feat, right? So uh, you, yeah. you guys got all the bragging rights because it's not easy to beat a Mexican yeah. team. Not ask LAFC. Yeah, 
Yeah, the owner at the time was uh, the the Mexican, uh, the guy who uh, who passed away. Um, I can't remember. Vergara. Yeah. The, yeah. The former owner of Chivas too. Yeah. Yeah. So. So he did whatever uh, he did at Chivas. He did with Saprisa. So you know how in Chivas, uh, no foreigners can play in Chivas. All Mexicans. So he he did that here. So Saprisa made the World Cup when they when they had all you know all uh, Costa Rican players, but they had the best Costa Rican players like. They were paying, uh, you know, that's never been done here. And Vergara was pay paying like half a million dollars to a, to a player mm -hmm. here, you know. So <laughs> they had the best players, yeah, in the, in the country. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so the people really love that. I was actually going to ask you, I was like, how did people feel about having that? Because I know in Mexico, I joke around with Chivas fans. I'm like, come on, you, that's discrimination. You got to let other people right from other ethnic groups also play like you can't just limit but it seems like they probably enjoyed that right if the team was doing good yeah they they like they loved it at the time because so he came when he came saying that that they were gonna you know cut all the international players and no international players were gonna come into the club uh no one liked it because everyone thought it was gonna be a bad team you know mm -hmm. obviously uh you know Costa Rica is a small country and they need international players to make the team better, right? They need Argentinians, Mexicans, you know, uh, all this, all the Brazilians. And so when they did that, everyone thought it was going to be a really bad team. But uh, he started giving out bonuses for, you know, the CONCA champions. For every for every game one, he was giving out like a million dollars to the club. And so everyone was <laughs> running. <laughs> everyone was, you know, <laughs> that's how they won, I guess. And they were paying big contracts to the best players here in Costa Rica so I mean they um, made it they, they they won everything at the time so that's a nice bonus that would have been nice at the mix man you imagine I would have I would have been out one night <laughs> oh my god and that is such a good segue for the for a question the next question that Crash is going to ask about well not the mix but Crash yeah, Jeremy, earlier you said, and I'm put you guys both on the spot here, um, so try to make it great. Uh, you said, we don't even want to know some stories of things that went on, you know, in particular around, you know, some memories around Sac Republic. It, maybe it was something funny. Maybe it was something embarrassing. Um, it could be on or off the pitch. But uh, tell us, uh, what do we not want to know about? Oh man, Jer Jeremy could tell a good story <laughs> with the with the throw up. You remember that one, Jeremy? Oh my goodness! Oh man, that's a funny one. I'll tell I'll this story Jeremy right now. I'll tell this story now. Story if, he, if he's going to tell it, the best. Like so, the best. If you like, if you really want to get everything, you got to talk to Shannon Gomez. Dad's, because this guy's got the archive. But we were angels, man. We were angels. We were angels, but <laughs> as shaz. <laughs> so as shaz. This was crazy. So we were in the mix, right? And there, it wasn't even that busy, I don't think. I don't even know like what day it was, but it, it wasn't that busy. Yeah, Me, Kevin, Shaz. Um, I think it was just us three, from what I remember. No, but, it was it was a uh, it was a uh, it was Raf. Okay, was so a, there was a few of us. Raph, okay. You, yeah. Uh, Shaz, me, uh, who else was there? It was, a, it was a good, it was a good crew, but we're in there, you know, had a few drinks. Oh, uh, Wilson was there. Well, yeah, Will, Will. Yeah, it was a good crew, man. It was, yeah, I can't remember who else. There was someone else there. I can't remember who else. Though. 
I can't think either, but yeah, so we're in there, we're just having a good time and we're just chilling, feeling nice and all that. And um, nobody wants to admit it, but I think it was Kevin. It was Kevin or Shaz, okay? It was I Kevin think it was Shaz. Jeremy. Kevin no or Shaz farted, right? Farted in the mix, right? And you know, like, that's the perfect time to do it on in, in like a place like that or, the, or or an airplane because nobody knows who it's coming from, right? You, it just, the smell just hits you across the face. So one of, it was Kevin or Shaz, like, we're, as, that's what I'm going by, farted. And and there was this. Group if you of- ask a player, if you ask all the players that were there, they will give you like different names, right? For me, I think it was Jeremy. I, you know, for Shaz, Shaz will say another name, and you know, Wilson will say another name. But, but it was really Kevin. No or Shaz. one knows who it was. <laughs> and and so, yeah, it, it was it was smelled so nasty, right? And you just hear this girl go, "Oh my God, somebody farted." Meanwhile, one of her friends that said that threw up, right? Threw up in the mix at the dance floor. It's everywhere. And the, <laughs> there was there was like um I don't know what like the actual like the right word to to say, but there was I don't want to wanna sound ignorant, but like there was somebody tripped, hit it, slipped, fell in it. <laughs> It was crazy. It was it was it was, bad. It, was it was crazy. But um, I mean, that's just one of the like the funniest stories. But like, we just had such a good time. I think like when we were there, it was it was always me and Kevin. We we were neighbors, so we would carpool in together for for training and, and games. So we would literally go to practice. We'd come back, and then we just go to the pool and chill and barbecue. And and Chaz was a part of us as well. And so we had a, such a good time. And then. I think just like after games, we we had a, a good group of guys who would just go out and, and roam around and had a couple of different spots and and we were very well behaved, but uh, we we definitely had a good time in the city. <laughs> um, I think you're right. We did not want to know about that, so I'm gonna try. <laughs> no, I think that's a perfect. I think funny. that's no. Those are perfect. Those are perfect stories. Those are yeah. things that definitely <laughs> go down. So that's we, just, we, we do miss you guys, but probably not that part. But no. <laughs> so what's interesting is Wilson. When we asked him in his interview, you know, who should we do a group interview with or who should we do game with? And he basically named you guys and Shannon and Rafi and probably I bet you if he thought about it long enough, it would be Mitch or Emra, you know, because (laughs) of the hilarity and the jokes that y'all played on each other. But um, yeah, so very good. Yeah, that was a, a really good locker room. I think there was a lot of good like banner and jokes in there and um. Yeah, I mean Wilson's just a character in himself. Like he's probably one of the weirdest, craziest people ever. And you would, you would, I feel like you, as you get to know Wilson, that's just him. So it's like in the beginning, it's just like, man, this guy's weird. But then it's just like, oh, that's just Wilson, like doing all the weird stuff. But um, between him, Mitch, like yeah, like you said, Roth, Kev, Shaz, such a Emra. Like it was just, it was fun. There was, yeah, yeah, good times. It was good times. So I have a question for you guys, and it's kind of, these are dorky questions, right? So you get to choose. Do you want rave bear or a loud drum? Or do you like snowy Canada or humid tropics? I know none of this makes sense, 
But I mean, we had to throw Ray Bear and the, who would you prefer? So between the bear and who? A drum, a loud drum. Oh. Um, or do I you thought, want Rave Bear with a loud drum? Yeah, that'd be cool. It was always cool, like, after games going and, like, seeing the fans and, and whether we won or, or lost, like, we're always, you know, happy to be there and very supportive. And um, they, like, they generally cared for their club, you know, and I think that's what makes SAC so special. And I got to be there in preseason when that whole – um MLS Sac Republic thing kind of happened and stuff and, and seeing um you know how it affected the fans you know I think it's very special so yeah I would say Rave Bear for sure with the drum take it yeah I would say, uh, I would say uh Rave Bear too just because he's a you know he's a very known character in in Sac so I would say him but I mean you can't you can't play without the drums so <laughs> Maybe maybe we'll have Ray Bear have a drum at some point in time just to kind of close this loop. But but Uh, for Kevin, well and and Jeremy, you know, I know you eventually would get back to Florida, but (laughs) what do you prefer? Snowy Canada or the humid tropics? That's an easy question. The the tropics. I'm out there breaking my back. My back hurts right now, shoveling this snow. Come on. <laughs> like Toronto, Toronto as a city is amazing though. Like it's such a cool city. There's so much to do. People are great up here. I love that. But um, as far as the winter and snow, no. Um, give me the beach, give me the sun, shorts, all that. Yeah. Pool, barbecue. Exactly. All of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say the same. You know, I lived in Toronto for eight years and you know, right now, if you ask me, would you like to move back to Toronto? I would tell you I would not like to move to Toronto. <laughs> I know, I, yeah, I like the tropics better. Well, the, av- the avocados are better, I think, in the tropics, right, Jeremy? Yeah. Yeah. Very. <laughs> yeah, no, that definitely. You can't you can't compare that, that weather, right, with the other one. Uh, so we have a two-part question here, uh, but first we want to know, can you guys tell us how both of you got to know each other? Like, how was that first interaction like, and how did that come about? Oh, man, I remember. You remember, uh, Jeremy? Yeah, I, I remember the first time I, I came into training. So, you know, uh, I came from my apartment. I was already settled in for a couple of days, and uh, um, our manager at the time, uh, he he drove me to training. He's like, hey, yeah, we have another guy here that lives in your complex. His name is Jeremy. Uh, you know, uh, he's uh, he's our, one of our leaders. So, and then as we were pulling up, Jeremy was pulling up too. And then, uh, so, you know, I got to meet uh, with Jeremy. Uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> and then uh, as we were pulling up, I, I got to meet Jeremy. And, you know, I thought he was, you know, one of the most genuine person as soon as I met him, you know, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a crazy vibe that he gives off as soon as you meet him, you know, it's like, wow, like I, I want to, you know, keep talking to this guy and get to know this guy. And it's, and it's just that vibe that he throws off, you know, and it's, and it's, it's just him, you know? So I remember that first time meeting Jeremy. And after that, you know, we just, we just, you know, kicked it. And since we were neighbors and everything, we was just, you know, uh, everything we'll do, we would, uh, you know, like he said before, uh, barbecue together and, you know, go to the pool and, you know, go out and things like that. So 
We did it all, man. Carpool. We went to training together every day. Yeah. Um, and then just like we would probably go back to our place, chill for a bit, and then, yeah, we 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 did everything together. So it was yeah. it was cool. It was my guy. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And the, the coincidence, right? That like he's he's pulling in right as you're. He's like, oh yeah. yeah by the way, the, here here he is, right? <laughs> yeah, he was the first player that I met too. So he was like, out of Sac Republic, everything, you know. He was the first player that I met, and you know, in the same complex and everything. So it was pretty cool. Just a coincidence, you know. Yeah, I know. And and Todd Todd like um, told me about you as well as. You know, we got this guy coming from Saprisa, Kevin, he's Canadian. And I was like, we need, we just needed good players, you know? And so I think from just our interaction and then just being able to train together and play together and, and just having the same idea of how we wanted to off the field kind of stuff. It was just, yeah, a, a bromance, bromance, I guess you would say. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, and then my, my last question here. Can you guys let us know more about like what are you up to currently? What are you both uh, doing right now? Um, so I'm in Toronto, Canada right now. So my wife um, um, is from up here. So when I played up here, I met her. And so I was we were doing the long distance thing and uh, my off seasons were spent here. So after the 2018 season, I came here for the off season and I ended up not, uh, I mean, I, I guess you could say retiring. I, I just didn't agree on a contract and, and kind of just stayed up here. So um, I'm, I'm coaching in the, um, the Toronto FC Academy right now. I got a U14 team. And so, um, yeah, married and, and coaching. Yeah, and for me, um, you know, I've been off season for since October, I think. You know, I was I signed in the CPL. So I've been uh, in vacation mode for a long time. <laughs> And uh, I've been talking with, you know, a couple of teams right now. I don't think I want to go back to the CPL. Uh, it's just too new and, you know, uh, I didn't like the level of it. So I'm just searching for clubs right now and, um, you know, trying to stay in shape. Like I said, I started working out again, you know, for this new year just today. And, uh, you know, just maintaining the shape so I can, you know, as soon as I find something, if it be, you know, next week where... You know, in two months, I'd, I'd, I'll, I'll be ready. So are you looking at like specific uh, like countries for your future club, or like are you open to like going back to Costa Rica, maybe Mexico? If like there was a club in Mexico, yeah, uh, I, I don't want to come back to Costa Rica yet uh, unless it's a big club, and uh, it's hard to come back to a big club when you're in the CPL, right? I'm open to you know, I'm searching all over the place. Uh, I'd like to go to go back to Spain, to be honest. I know it's, you know, very hard, but um, that's what I'm aiming at. Even if it's, you know, uh, a lower, a very low division team, you know, I just want to work my way up again. I, I don't think uh, at the time it's, I'm not thinking about money. I'm thinking more of football-wise and just getting back into, you know, a, a football community or a football country where, you know, six, five good months and, uh, you know, you can get a very good team on a higher tier so. I think that's that's what I'm aiming for right now, and um, uh, that's 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 my goal right now, right? I think you know I've already have a couple options, uh, so I'm just trying to uh, concrete those, and you know hopefully it happens soon, so I can so I can be back on track where you know I should have been a long time ago, and and I lost it just because of being desperate as a young soccer player. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's cool. Man, I really wish my uh, favorite team from Mexico, Cruz Azul, would like sign you because they, <laughs> they haven't signed anybody. They've We don't even have a coach right now. Like it's, yeah, yeah oh, no man. coach. Things are really bad right now. So I'm like, we need to sign someone and we definitely need a 10 right now, honestly. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, Cruz Azul has been like that for a while now, no? Yeah, they, oh, I, yeah. Last year they, they came, they made a, I think they were in the final or semifinal, right? Uh, yeah, semi-final, yeah. I don't even want to remember that because it was it was so bad. We, we, we let go of 4-0 advantage and yeah, it was... Yeah, yeah that's... It was, yeah, that's <laughs> it was bad, yeah. I almost wanted to throw my TV like <laughs> far away. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it's amazing how much passion we have for the sport and, you know, the passion that you two have, <laughs> Jeremy and Kevin, is is still alive and it's burning hard and we can feel it. Um, but I think, Jeremy, you had another little piece of news that you might have wanted to share with us as far as something that's going on in your life or might be going on down the road. Don't tell some, me this. Some oh, addition. Man. What? Uncle Kevin? Don't tell me this. Are you serious? <laughs> I don't know how Sharon pulled that out, but yeah, that's crazy, huh? Oh, really? Yeah. Congrats, bro. Thanks, Congrats. bro. Yeah, it's crazy, man. So, um. The like these last probably four or five months have been like super crazy and hectic because um like with COVID and the lockdown and everything I kind of I, I didn't finish my degree um at college so I loaded up taking four classes and with work and um I'm taking my coaching course as well it's just kind of hectic and stuff so I really haven't had any time to really think about it but yeah man these these next couple months we're gonna be super hectic. So she's due in March, I think. March like first. So oh, pretty soon. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. Just gearing up for that. No sleep. <laughs> so I actually have a, a last follow up. I on the other one too. Um, something just came to mind as I asked you guys how you met each other. I'm curious. Uh, how did you guys meet Sharon and then Kevin? Since I know you know Crash, how did you meet Crash? You guys share your stories too. Yeah. Um, well, I met Sharon just um, 2016 when I first got there. Sharon was just amazing and taking care of all the players. And like, I don't even know how you did it. You dealt with so much BS from all of us. But yeah, Sharon just came and helped me settle into my apartment with uh, Wilson. I got there. I was I, I roomed with Wilson for, I think, like, what, a couple months. I finished the year off. Um, but like Sharon was just one of those people where if, if we needed anything, she was just there responded anytime and just so amazing and so smiley and happy all the time and the best. You're, you're really too kind. Um, I loved meeting your parents. Cause I mean, I think that's how your car got here. I think. Yeah. We drove me and my mom. Yeah. 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 Love, love that meeting your mom and your stepdad. Uncle, my uncle, uncle, yeah. Uncle, 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 yeah. So that was cool. And what's funny is the apartments, you know, I knew who was in that apartment prior to you. And it was like, oh, my God, Jeremy, you're going to get a really good apartment because they were really clean. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, and you kept it so clean. I mean, those are things that somebody who's in team administration thinks about, right? So it's just kind of funny. But I do remember one of your roommates, William Bija, for a little while because we had a deal that when Cassandra wasn't around, that, you know, we would ask you politely, hey, your second bedroom, can we put somebody in there? And and that's when Villian landed and you two became friends that way too. Yeah, not as good as me and Kevin, but like we were, we were cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and uh yeah i met sharon um from a game i think sharon yeah and then uh she introduced herself and uh you know she's just so kind from the first moment you know you meet her she just gives you you know her everything and you know she's offering you uh you know her help and that's how i met that's how i met sharon after that i think it was at a um she came to one of our lunches i think and uh yeah but um after that you know we just kept in touch and she just keeps in touch with you know the players with you know like Jeremy said uh she's just so helpful with everything you know and she's always there you know for whatever you need not just you know soccer where you know whatever it is you know and uh that's how I met Sharon <laughs> and with Crash I met Crash because um so I think it was Harris's phone had been stolen at the time from the from you know the the wherever we were at i think it was the gym it, it wasn't one of the players it was just you know he put it somewhere and he forgot and then you know and then um so uh at the time i needed to buy a phone and harris was like hey like todd gave me crash's phone number because um you know i lost my phone and you can you know send him a text and you know uh see what he says and uh maybe he can get you a deal on it So I was I'm I'm naturally you know a shy person until you get to know me then you know I, So and then I'm like to Harris Harris like I don't want to send him a message can you send him a message first and see what he says and see if he can help me out you know So Harris you know sent him a message and he agreed to help me out and that's when I called him gave him a call and uh he helped me he's helped me out so much uh, even till now so <laughs> I appreciate him for that you know he knows that <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you for that. You make me sound like I'm your electronics dealer or something. <laughs> I was like, wait, what's going on here? Everything going on there? It's nothing like that, but yeah. But I'm, I'm here to hook you up, brother. <laughs> but I'm saying you helped me out at the time, so that's how I, you know, I I got to yeah. I got to meet you, you know, and after that, you know, you came to 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 the game at um Salt Lake, you know, and that's when I met you for the yeah. first time, you know. Mm-hmm. So Yep. Yeah. After that, you know, uh we've kept in touch same way and uh you know, he's a very helpful person too and in every way, you know, we've talked about, you know, not just like he just said I made it seem like he's, you know, my electronic <laughs> but you know, we've talked about, you know, a lot of things, right? So he's, you know, giving me advice about a lot of other things not, you know, yeah. not just electronics. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you know, he's 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 a friend to me too, so I don't, I don't, Crash, I didn't want to make it seem like that. If that's what it means, brother, then that's all it means. It's not like that. You know, we've talked about a lot of things, so. Yeah, for sure. And we've kept in touch, so. With with, with Jeremy, for me, um, I, I, I'm trying to remember back in the archives of my brain, but I think I remember the first time we met was this awkward sort of Google video conference, and I could be wrong, but the club set it up, and my video didn't work so i think your video worked if i'm re- remembering correctly and this is a while ago and um and so you know all i could do is see you but you couldn't see me and i think that's how we first quote unquote met um but then maybe a couple times you know play you know player fan events and stuff like that so mm-hmm. yeah it's yep. <laughs> good man I, i i love those i feel like you know i was really uh I mean I I I get this as this question asked a lot because 
they're just like, why don't you, why aren't you still playing? Like, could you still play? And like, obviously, like, I mean, the confident me, like, yeah, I, I think so. And so not signing with, with, with SAC in 2019 was really hard for me, man. Like I was like low key depressed, man, because I was expecting to play. I was ready to play. I, I, I was um, ready to just get back and, and get back to work. So um, yeah, man, I, I loved going into the front office and just hanging out. I loved going to all, to all the fan stuff. I love being a part of the the club. So, um, and I, cool. I, I think I can confirm that, you know, I think, I think everyone was in shock, you know, when, well, especially me and Shaz that, you know, we're the ones that, you know, most closest to, but, uh, you know, I think you were, well, I didn't see you play in Portland or anything, but I think at the time, you know, you were 30, right? Yeah, probably. That happened. I think yeah. at the time, you know, you were, you know, uh, our starter without, you know, with no doubt. So I think everyone knew that you had, you know, a lot more years in you, you know, not just because of you were starting, but because of the way you were playing. And I think, you know, you're showing, you know, one of your best uh, footballs. Like I said, I didn't see you play before, but, and, uh, you know, at the time you were only 30 and, uh, you know, they say the best soccer player, like, when you develop the best soccer as a, as a professional soccer player is that, you know, you're 28s, 29s, 30s, that's when you, you know, so I think I can confirm that. And I think, you know, everyone was in shock at the time when, you know, you or didn't, you know, you didn't sign with SAC and you didn't want to sign anywhere else or, you know, I, I can't remember what really happened. But, you know, I think that even hurt me, you know, knowing that you were going to retire at, at a young age and, knowing that you had a lot more soccer, you know, you knowing that you had a lot more to give to the yeah. sport. I mean, I think that's like one of the things is when we see this league, um, MLS and USL grow and then these next like 10 years or whatever, um, like these kids are so lucky because the amount of money that's going to be more invested into it, you know, and like, you know, for my situation, it just comes down to, um, just like a money thing, you know, I'm just like, look, like, this is what I did. This, this is what I feel like I want. And, and I held firm and, and there's obviously other factors with, with all that from a club standpoint and, and there's no bad blood with that, but like, that's just what it is now. Right. And so, yeah, I still follow from afar and like, I I'm, I'm always rooting for um, sack and they're in good hands. Like I think Todd's doing a really good job and I know they got a new coach that I've talked to once, I think Mark, and he seems like he's, you know, doing well. The team did well last year under their circumstances. So, yeah, man, hopefully they can get into MLS and do some damage. You know, Jeremy, I'm probably, and and Kevin, I miss you guys like crazy because, you know, we all had personal relationships. Um, And Jared, you and I shared hearts when you were trying to decide how things were going to go. And I remember asking you if you and your fiance I don't know if she was your yeah she was your fiance at the time I said are you guys gonna be here in California I was trying to probe and poke because all this stuff is all like secret behind the scenes right Mm -hmm. until it's not and and you were telling me you were working on it and that if everything worked out you'd be back and that made my heart really happy and then it didn't happen and I think everybody felt that you know Kevin said he felt it I think we all felt that because you were like a kingpin on the team you were you know you were major you were a major part of the team and you were a major part of the locker room you know um, a happy happy guy and somebody everybody could turn to and you know there were stories and lots of fun like the mix and all that other stuff but you know what 
it just means that we all have friends in many other places. You know, when, when we don't see you come back, it's just, we all can go to Toronto now or wherever you guys end up and Absolutely. You know, we'll, exactly. we'll be, we'll be having fun in Toronto. And anytime you come back to Sacramento or wherever we all live, you, we'll all give each other a house, you know, come stay with us. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know you go to visit Kevin, wherever he is. And there's always that warmth. So yeah. all is not lost. And it's, it's, that's why we call it the beautiful game. It's more than just, it's yeah. more than just the game. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's just crazy how different it is from like, so from MLS, like obviously guys are making more money and, and they're kind of doing their own thing. Like people really aren't rooming together and stuff like that. Right. You're able to afford a little bit more, um, you know, within SAC, a lot of guys are rooming together. Right. And so there's, it's, it's almost basically like college, you know, like you see these guys 24 seven because your your roommates, you're going into training together, you're training together, then after training, you're going back together. So um off the field and and that team was was very close. I think, man, like how many barbecues did we did we do, Kev? You know, and like, like two or three like, a week. At the pool and just barbecuing and bringing food and stuff. So like we were really close and the relationships um yeah were built uh a lot stronger off the field. So those are always the hardest at the end of the season because with with the business that we're in there's going to be turnover there's going to be change and that's just the nature of the beast speaking on, on you know what happened with jeremy i think uh and i think it was something that shouldn't have been done i think you know jeremy should have been on the team at least two three years you know you know that's why he's laughing yeah. i wish but what, what comes down to as a player right i think you he was there three years and you established uh you know yourself as a player in a in a in a city where like he did, you know, he wasn't just, you know, a, a player on the field. He was, he was a lot more off the field, right? Like you said, he, um, he, uh, he helped the young, you know, and, and uh, everything he did off the field was, you know, uh, very ba- valuable, not, not only, you know, to the players, but to the team. So I think, you know, what happened to Jeremy at the time was, was very unfortunate and, and, you know, I think from my perspective, it should have never happened. You know, if a, if a player that's that valuable to the club, you know, gives you that much, I think, you know, he should be getting, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, $1,000 more a month, you know, or $500. And I think you shouldn't lose a player that valuable to the team and to the club and to the city and to the people, you know, just because of $500 when you know that the club can afford it, right? Especially, you know, this year or last year with the, with the new owners coming in and everything. So I think, you know, just, just speaking and touching in on, you know, what happened with Jeremy. Yeah. He, he should have made it all the way to MLS. Maybe that first season yeah. could have been like your retirement, man. That would have been like glory, right? Like, exactly. Speak, and even, like, you know, speaking with Jeremy, you know, he would tell me, you know, his, his thoughts and, you know, what he wanted to do and he wanted to retire at SAC and, you know, maybe even have a, a coach and a job after that. You know, his fiance was going to move in to sack the year that, you know, that happened. So, I mean, he had everything planned out. And I just think that, you know, that should never happen to a player that gives you that much, you know. And I just think it was, you know, very bad that, you know, things were handled that way, you know. Because, you know, he did have all of that planned, you know, even coming in and being a coach. And he had, like I said, he was in his top game, right. So he was worth whatever he was asking for. And I know it wasn't, you know. $30,000 a month, you know, it was, you know, 
he he was probably the best paid at the time, but I'm <laughs> you know, he was worth it. Is what I'm trying to say, right? He was worth that five hundred dollars extra, where a thousand dollars extra. And all the sushi you can eat, and all the sushi you can eat. <laughs> I miss those Makuni dates. I miss those Makuni dates. I think we all miss our our fun times together. And you know, yeah, <clears throat> those are good good times. If you guys want to send us off with some good words, and we want to thank you for being on our podcast for State of the Republic podcast, and let us, you know, send us off with some good blessings, some good words. Yeah, man. I just want to say thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. I love talking about uh, my time there, even though you guys can't know everything that happened. It's it's fun to talk about like all the the good times on and off the field, and everybody stay healthy, stay safe. Um, I don't like wearing a mask, but wear your mask out in public. Um, and yeah, man, happy holidays. Yeah, um, same thing. You know, thanks for having me here too. Uh, it's always good talking to you guys and catching up with you guys. And um, you know, uh, hopefully this year is a better year for all of us. You know, in general, and everything gets better. Hope everyone had a good uh, New Year's and uh, holidays, and hopefully we have a good uh, 2021 this year coming up. So excellent. Thank you guys. And thank you so much. We love you. We miss you. We can't wait to see you again. Yes. And yeah. And uh, we're all going to be aunts and uncles from a distance for Jeremy's kid. That's right. Yeah, that's right. All right. Awesome. The, thanks right, guys. guys. And uh, we'll see you next weekend. On yep, the I'll be there. <laughs> I got to talk to Jeremy about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> sadly we can't we can actually record that so you guys could, you guys could go on <laughs> well once again thank you to our guest tonight uh, jeremy and kevin this was really cool sharon thank you for uh inviting both of them on and i think it's it's interesting to have this dynamic between two former players who of course were really great friends too and and so yeah thank you for for putting this together Hey, if it wasn't for Crash, we probably wouldn't have had a connection with Kevin because of the uh, electronic thing. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, Crash had started this conversation with <laughs> Kevin, and then the next thing it unfolded to, let's get Jeremy in. So thank you to both of you. I really appreciate this. What a great time it was tonight. Good podcast. Yeah, thanks to both of you. Um, it, <laughs> you know, ditto to what Luis said. Um, it was a great dy- dynamic having both of them on. Um, you know, both... Uh, you know, great players and, you know, great history with the club. So um, fun stories <laughs> throughout. So um, yeah, looking forward to more of that. Awesome. And also we, we mentioned it briefly here a, a couple of minutes ago with them, but wanted to remind everyone listening that this upcoming Saturday, uh, which as of our recording, it's of course a week from now, we're recording on, on the first Saturday of the year. Uh, January 9th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, we are actually going to have uh, Jeremy, possibly Kevin, uh, to be confirmed, and a third mysterious guest. Could be a player, could be a fan. You just won't know until Saturday. Uh, and we're actually going to be playing Jeopardy live on our social media. So please check that out. If you miss it, don't worry. It'll actually be saved there. But if you do happen to tune in live, please feel free to add any questions you have to ask our guest on Saturday. We'll actually be uh, reviewing them. Sharon's actually going to be reading some of them uh, and they'll be answering uh, the questions that they deem appropriate, of course. (laughs) And 
feel free to, to ask them there. Or if there's anything you heard tonight, maybe you have more follow-up questions, please feel free to ask them during that live and also leave any general comments if you'd like. And we'll display the ones that we're able to on the screen there as well. So please participate. We encourage you to do so and have fun. It should be something really cool. It's the first time we're ever doing a game show live. So if it all goes good, we are going to be doing more of these in the future. So it should be cool. And you might also have an opportunity to be a part of it as well. So again, we're not just limiting it to players. Also, you as the listener can potentially be a part of it in the future. So we're going to have uh, different uh, segments with different people. And so this is just our first one. So. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good experience to have on COVID lockdown. <laughs> I mean, game show on live podcast. What's not to like? Thanks, Luis. Thanks, yeah, Crash. It's it should be awesome. So, any final words, Crash, Aaron, that you have for the audience tonight before we end this? No, not really. Just tune in next time. That and uh, for me, it's just thank you so much for everybody who's listening. And again, thank you so much for Jeremy and Kevin taking some time and talking to us. We know that time is very valuable. And we appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Especially being that they're in the two, three hours uh, ahead of us. It's yeah, we really appreciate them spending their, their Saturday night here with us. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, you will hear from us next time. We should have a really interesting interview that we have in the works happening next time. So be on the lookout for that. Should be really cool. And also, again, to our live on Saturday, January 9th. Have a great night, everyone.